Alright boys and girls, welcome to tonight's episode of Sawdust Talk. Um, I'm going to be running the show tonight. I'm TJ. Uh, look at this, we got all the other cool kids coming in and Chris with Veterans Own Woodworking is going to be our guest tonight. Going to be awesome, fun. Look at this, woo, everybody's piling in quick. Alright. Uh, let's see who else we can get here. Some of these. Some of these. Hey. 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 Greetings. Look, can everybody hear each other? Okay. Bernie's got a thumbs up. Katrina's got a thumbs up. Dylan. Fawcett's under the opinion that RoboCop isn't good, which is just empirically wrong, and that's a shame. Throw him out. Throw him out. Yeah. Kyle. Oh, we gotta get Kyle up here doing moderator stuff. Boom. Okay. Katrina, you're there wearing we go. the wrong team's hat. No. No. Man. I can't clear this live video as moderated screen. <laughs> Oh no. No. This is all part of my clever plan to make chat not work for you. What's up? Huzzah! Greetings, hey. sir. What's up, man? Not much. In the shop, actually. Perfect. I'm going to close the right. and I'll come right back because it's not clearing my screen. All right. Well, I, I believe in you. <laughs> in the meantime, we're going to take a second to welcome everybody to Sawdust Talk. We'll give you a little sprinkle there because we are rich with shavings in my workshop. Um, we are uh, here compliments of everybody's hard work and, and presence and oh boy. Oh boy. Uh oh. Katrina is now just got a little Pinwheel going. Circle. On just my, circle on Katrina's Yeah, just. Face. Oh, okay, okay. I knew that you could do it, cell phone. Um, we're going to take a second to give a quick shout out to Scott over at George Supply Company. Uh, let's see if this works. Is she already back already? Maybe. She's a wizard. Maybe not. Okay, sorry. Uh, Scott over at George Supply Company. Holy smokes, that went fast, he said with a, a question mark. Hey, look at that. It's coming in is. loud and clear. All right. Perfect. Okay, so my connection's looking clear on my phone. Bernie, you're looking like you're coming in loud and clear. Everybody, everybody's looking good. I think we're getting <laughs> now the tech. Wonderful. Fabulous. The wrong, uh, we are good hat, to go. But that's okay. We'll, we'll forgive her because she's a Washingtonian. So. My daughter will argue. She's Perfect. <laughs> are you a what? Are you a Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry, sorry. No, it's all, it's all good. We are uh, we are thankful for the support of Scott over at George Supply Company. If you guys have maker merch that you need, you want to get a little store set up, uh, he puts in 
several hours of free work to make sure that everybody's artwork and e-store gets uploaded. So if you have a merchandising suggestion, idea, or need a solution, uh, reach out to Scott over at George Supply Co. He's been a supporter of the show since very, very early on. So thank you, Scott. And he makes um, these amazing backwards signs that look yeah. right ways <laughs> yeah. in a video. Instead yeah. of... Instead of what is that Surla cool. oil right there? Yeah, that's Surla <laughs> Loy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's it's pretty super cool. Yeah. So he can do that if you guys want one for your backgrounds. So. All right, so I'm gonna take a second, introduce myself, oh. and then we'll go around the horn with Bernie and Katrina, and then we will land on. Chris down here, who's below me in this instant. I hope I'm pointing to the right Brady Bunch character here. I think you're right. I think you're good. It looks good for me. So um, did you want to introduce yourself, Todd? Sure, yeah. So I'm TJ with uh, TJT Workshop located in St. Louis. Uh, Majority of my woodworking is uh, done on a lathe. I'm a bowl turner um, and uh, do a little bit of metalworking. And, uh, yeah, happy to uh, be on camera yet again, Bernie. Over to you. All right. I'm Bernie from Bernie's Builds. Uh, I'm out here in Ellensburg, Washington, um, in my newly renovated and cleaned shop. So I'm pretty stoked about that. I do uh, pretty much woodworking of every sort. And uh, I've been doing Sawdust Talk for almost a year now. So I'll turn it over to Katrina. I am Katrina. And I'm from Ferndale, Washington. <laughs> Go Cougs. <laughs> Um, I am basically a still a newbie in the shop. I have a laser of a CNC. If I don't know how to do it, I figure it out and I will hyper focus until I do it. Awesome. Awesome. Over to you, Chris. Well, everybody, I'm Chris. Um, it's me and my wife, Haley. She's in the, um, in the house the rest of us. Um, we own veterans on woodwork out of Chicago. So TJ, you're actually down the road, a little bit of road. Uh, will you ride by me? Uh, we are woodworkers. Uh, I would say we are more modern woodworkers. We don't, we're not really as traditional as, you know, some of the older generation, but, uh, we are a custom furniture and home decor, um, company. And then we're also seeing Sears. Huzzah. Nice. All right. So I did a little bit of creeping today as I am famous <laughs> for doing on your Instagram. And we had a quick chat uh during our year-end wrap-up episode as well um and and what i want to know is where did gaming tables start Ooh. so that seems to be the uh the topic everybody wants to talk about um it's interesting say what (laughs) dust no sorry i was laughing Um, sorry sorry sorry. the topic everyone wants to talk about um I would say it's our niche um, where poker tables, gaming tables came into was um, I've always been a gambler in my life. Um, We are in Arizona a little bit. I was stationed there for four years and I really picked up the game of poker. Um, Being from Chicago, when we had the opportunity to move here, I kind of wanted to bring the game with me. And so it started off with me wanting a very expensive poker table at the house and uh, it was not wife approved. Uh, being a mechanic in the army, my wife just straight up challenged me, and she's like, "Why don't you just make it yourself?" And I was like, "Nah, 
<laughs> at first I said no and then I started asking for tables that weren't as expensive um, she kept saying no and then it was to the point where she was recommending like table toppers and I was just like nah I'm not I don't want to do that you know I want to run a nice game you know I want to have people over and stuff like that it was getting to the point where she was getting going off Amazon for these uh, poker table toppers and I was just like so how much is my budget and she's like what do you mean i was like i'm building myself a poker table um so from there uh i built my poker table um i love it it's exactly how i wanted it fully custom um going off commercial how i wanted my table it was going to cost us like anywhere from like seven to ten grand the way i wanted it specifically so i made it myself and uh she gave me a thousand dollar budget and i used every penny of that budget to make the table uh, I hosted games at my house, <clears throat> excuse me, um, and then, you know, just stopped hosting it after six months, eight months, um, and then I wanted to sell my table because it was just sitting in the, in the basement collecting dust. So I offered it on uh, Facebook for 1700 I thought that was a reasonable price, and then it just took off from there. People didn't want my table, but they wanted me to build them tables, and so that's essentially what we started. It's pretty cool. Guys, gotcha. awesome. Oh, go Bernie. ahead. No, I was just going to say, Bernie, I'm going to hand it over to you, bud. That's freaking awesome, dude. So, uh, what, well, what did you make that table out of? And, uh, like, what is the most recent table you've made? And, like, uh, what's, what's been your focus on uh, your builds lately? I know it's a three part question, but. <laughs> so, the first part of the question um, so, I basically went to, you know, YouTube University and I looked up every single video on how to make a poker table. Surprisingly, there's not much. There's, there's probably like 10 really good wow. videos and then there's a lot of like tip and trick videos. Um, I had to get into a little bit of everything uh, dealing with plywood. I had to look up a lot of upholstering videos too. And yeah, so, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, and so every a lot of people don't believe me when I tell them like, yeah, we, we do the entire table, upholstery, foam, the whole nine yards, the base even. So uh, the the main part of the table where the playing field and, and stuff like that, that is all, it's just two sheets of plywood. So I just went down to my big box store, got two sheets of plywood, three quarter, uh, four by eight, and then you got to cut it a certain way. I learned very special that you have to cut it a certain way to make three layers out of it. And so, and if you really try hard enough, you could, probably make a fourth but it's kind of tricky you really wow. thin out the, yeah you really thin it out at that point when you get into a four layer table um so the main playing field mm -hmm. is just two sheets of plywood uh you have your foam um you have your vinyl you have your felt um which is the plain area you use kind of like a quarter inch uh close cell foam also known as a high density foam and then you have your playing field and then the rail you're losing you're using, you can either use like a one inch high density foam or open cell foam, and then you have your vinyl from there. Uh, the, bases, the bases come really in two forms. I, the one I made mine out of, I just made it out of pine. So I just grabbed some okay. um, four by fours from, you know, big box store and a couple two by fours. And I uh, got this idea off a YouTube video. So the style I have usually is a farmhouse style, what it's called. Um, other than that, um, I have a budget on how much I want to build, um, a budget for the base. And so if people don't want um, 
like a full permanent base, um, then I'll just go in and just buy a set of foldable legs off a couple of vendors that I have. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. What was your second part of the question? <laughs> oh God. Oh, my second part of the question. Sorry. It was a very intense question was, um, what is the most recent build that you've done? What are some of the challenges you faced with it? <clears throat> so my recent build in regards to poker tables, I actually just delivered it um, at the end of January, uh, the day before my client's birthday. So I made him a promise. He wanted it for Christmas. He even offered me an extra 500 bucks cash up front. And I was like, unfortunately, I can't take it. Um, it was like a 19, it was a $2,100 table. He offered me 26 off the cap. When I was at his house, you know, I have samples of the material that I use and stuff like that. And he was all like, I'll pay you 2,600 cash right now if you can get it for me before Christmas. And I was like, I would love to, but I can't guarantee the materials will get here by then. And then we're yeah. already talking about like, this is halfway through the first week getting into the second week of December. And so uh, I think your dining room poker table was very unique. Yeah. Oh, my mother's in the chat, by the way. <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. Amen. <laughs> and so a fan uh, is a fan is a fan. I know, right? So um let's see. So that was probably the challenge. Um the obstacle I had to face is I had to tell them no. And uh yeah. uh you know, woodworking we were especially when you're early on, I understand that, you know, you kinda wanna bite and take, say yes to almost all your orders, but he was very understanding. I mean, he lived an hour away from me, so I made that drive, I brought him samples. We had a good conversation for two hours and stuff like that. And I told him straight up, I was like, I would love to, uh, but I can't because I can't get guarantee that the materials will be here. And I was like, I can quote you for February. And he was like, look, my birthday is, you know, at the end of January. And I was like, how about this? I can promise you I can deliver it to you the day before your birthday. And so uh, I did it. And so it was a fairly nice. simple table. It was a fairly easy table. It was the first table I had to completely black out. And uh, he, I was like, you, you should see this dude's basement. Like he remodeled his whole basement. It's clearly like a $400,000 house. And then he was just like, yeah, here you go. Here's the deposit. I'll pay you the other half when you deliver the table. And wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. The, so the, the only amazing. other difficult part was actually bringing it in the house because it was going into the basement and that that walkway a little bit was uh it was pretty tight going upstairs nice. but other than that no i would say the most difficult table i've had was actually his, his employee a year before um we oh. had to do a poker table with a dining room tabletop that was removable and and that was probably my favorite table to work on because it really um it really, we had never, we never done a uh, dining room table before. And so when people tell me like, oh, have you ever done a dining room table? I'm like, yeah, technically yeah, I have, but it was, you know, removable. <laughs> and so that was probably the biggest challenge. And uh, That's that awesome. was actually, the, yeah, it was the most fun table I've had. And you know, my wife loved it, even though she did all the sanding. So <laughs> is that the, the on black one or the, the dining room table the one it is it's all the way the it's like maybe like the seventh post of where oh dang you know what let me see i don't have my tablet on me i would have been able to show you guys <laughs> it's all good man okay before but, uh, i turn it over to katrina you mentioned that you had to black it out so did you use like a black stain or india ink or what'd you use 
So, funny enough, we actually bought Black Stain. Okay. But we already okay. have Black Paint on hand. And at first, you know, my wife, Haley, she really wanted to stain it. And the guy really wanted me to stain it. But the, I was really against that. I really wanted to paint it. And so, ultimately, we went with paint. Okay. And it looked just hell of a lot nicer. A lot cleaner. Um, the thing about his basement is he had a lot of black um, stained or painted wood. But it was, like, so thin where you can hardly see the grain. And that was the kind of the image that we were going for. And okay. then we actually got it. Nice. All right, well, I'll turn it over to Katrina. I took 10 Very minutes cool. of questions right there. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> What's your favorite tool in your shop? That guy right there. Oh, nice. That guy right there. Which, so I have the uh, One Finity Journeyman. I'm kind of, uh, I'm a little upset that uh, we got it sooner than later. Uh, because if I would have waited for Black Friday, yeah. I would have gotten there for my Fort Foreman. 100%. If that would have been out, I'd be like, babe, we're getting the Foreman. I want the 4x4. Four four. We're not going with the journeyman. But, um, but yeah, hopefully later this year, if not earlier next year, we can get the upgrade. Nice. Uh, nice. I have the X-Carve, and I really wish I waited and got the 150. Yeah. It was, it was sure. honestly down between the uh, yeah. Carve the Shaponko, because I thought the X-Car was a little expensive. And then the Onefinity, it was just, it was very consistent. I, being in the military, it's, um, you got to get stuff that is rugged. And I, I run, I will put things to the test. Like yesterday, I broke two bits. And so. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always breaking bits. Okay, so what is your favorite <sighs> you use to finish? Or brand, brand or brand. oil? Because there's two different questions. I give you two different answers. How about yeah. both? So oil, yeah, brand. Good idea. I don't, I wouldn't say I have a favorite. Um, and it, it, it has to go down to the type of oil we use. So my favorite oil and Haley's favorite oil is tongue oil. And so that's the primary oil that we use. So what we'll do is we'll use like 100% um, tongue oil and then we'll dilute it a little bit of like a four to one ratio with a type of solvent so it can penetrate the wood deeper. So to answer your second question, mm. tongue oil is our favorite one. In, in regards to brands, I mean, there isn't really one. I mean, we use Robert's oil. Um, we used Odie's, I think. <laughs> I, I think I like Robert's oil a little bit, but in all honesty, I'd rather just make my own stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot more and people so are doing For that. us in our cutting boards, yeah. we actually make our own proprietary. Uh, nice. Our own butter butter. We call it board butter. And so uh, we, we make our own. So we use uh, the tongue oil base. We put um, beeswax in it. We use carnauba wax. And then we add a hint of the uh, solvent to kind of um, thin it out a little bit. And then that's our proprietary. All right, I'm I'm gonna be a question Pretty hog nice. again. Sorry, guys. What kind of solvent are you using uh, when you thin out your uh, uh, tongue oil? Uh, natural citrus. Citrus. Okay. Mm -hmm. Have you tried any of the soy solvents by chance? Mm, no, I looked into it. I know the soy solvents are a little bit more expensive, but yeah. I like the citrus because it has a citrus smell. 
So when you oh. smell like water butter, there's actually, mm -hmm. it smells like a citrusy, I don't know, if you know how tongue oil smells, yes. excuse me, it smells like a hint of tongue oil and then just orange juice. Okay, that, that's actually freaking cool, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it is awesome. I'm not going to lie, it, it definitely brings, like it's a natural aroma. So it definitely makes the smell mm -hmm. of the board butter like even more, especially after you apply it and then your board butter smells, your 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 uh, your uh, cutting board smells like citrusy. You're just like, I want to cut it already. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Mm -hmm. And then you oh, it gift does. it to somebody. It We've got compliments on uh, on our on our, the way the board butter smells, and then like the residual smell that the board holds after, especially when we're selling it. Nice. Mm. Very, Great. Very cool. So nice. your uh, Wahuda joiner is featured fairly predominantly in a lot of your reels. Um, I personally have been eyeing that machine for some time. Do you think you could take a few minutes and talk to us about your relationship with the Wahuda so far? So I would say my – and people are going to help me hate me for this. My top three tools are obviously my, my, uh, my CNC. The second one is my planer, and then the third one is the jointer. Uh, table saw is probably like number five, uh, only because it's not going to be up there until I upgrade it. I got a little DeWalt, the the one with the, uh, I forget which one it is. It's the one with the 10-inch um, blade on it. And so, uh, but the jointer, I'll walk you over to it. The reason why I like it is because it's obviously like a, uh, a box jointer where, I, there we go. And so, I mean, it's just rugged. I mean, wow. you got the oh, cast aluminum here. My only real issue here is the fans. I've actually broken this off by one of the nuts in the back. Uh, and then the base is just dirty. And uh, I don't know. It's just if I had to recommend a jointer for someone, I would say that would be equivalent to getting the DeWalt 735 planer, which is right there. And so, and I, I mean, I'm the type of person that um, if I can't afford the big stuff, I'd rather buy or I'd rather invest in the best smallest item. And so, honestly, that, that one was the best one. It has a helical head. Some of the other planers that on the market, like uh, I think Rikon, they all have blades. And uh, honestly, that's my biggest issue. Like, I want to upgrade this already. But I'd rather, instead of buying, like, the Shelix and input in it, I'd rather just spend, you know, I try to sell it, and then whatever money I get back out of it, invest into, like, you know, that 20-inch jet planer, which is also a Helico Head. Helico Head is obviously the way I want to go. Yeah. Yeah, no, I do a, a fair bit of wood turning with, with carbide tools also. They're definitely working. I can tell you that that material is, is crazy durable. It's not going to handle running into nails or, or whatever weird stuff you're going to find into your wood, especially well, but you're theoretically just replacing one or two cutters. Yeah, and I, I think that's like one of the best parts. And even if your blades go dull, um, and I experienced this once with the planer, like having to go in there and flip the whole blade or slightly move it over. Or like if you have a, um, like a, one of those dents, a nix right in the middle, like it, yeah. it's not worth it. Cause you're looking at, I saw a video, they did the math on it. You're looking at like $10 a blade. And when it comes down to one of those, um, one of those helical head tools, 
was, you're spending like a dollar a side and all you gotta do is rotate it. And I'm just like, I take that over a $10 blade. And I mean, the blades are like 60 bucks for three, but they're double-sided. So it's like, mm. although the one, one hard part is trying to find that one blade that's messing up your cut. I would say that's <laughs> probably the only thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so this is just a quick reminder also because we got 25 people hanging out in the audience right now. If you guys have questions for Chris, there's a little question button down next to the ta uh, the chat window. And, uh, yeah, it's a, a thought bubble with a question mark. Um, click that and make sure that you – oh, here. Did, did a wizard come and hand oh you a tablet? That's amazing. That. This that thing is, is the bottom cable. Oh, that's amazing. And so, yeah, I, I decked out on everything. It has a dealer tray and everything. It has two boxes. Wow. One for race, one for cash. Wow. Um, that style is called a horse track style. I personally like it because I feel like you have a designated area to kind of, like, let everybody put their chips in it. Um, I'm not a big fan of cups in the rail. I like them on the playing field, so which is another thing. And uh, it was awesome. One thing... I did develop, and obviously, you know, I wouldn't say I developed this because somebody probably else developed it, but something that came to mind, all of my tables removed them are, they have latches on the bottom so you can actually remove the table from the base. So okay. when I did that dining room table, mm -hmm. it was actually a three-piece set. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Oh, awesome. wow. Thank you. That's really cool. All right. So before we get to the wow, there's actually quite a few questions in there. So before I'll ask by Kyle. <laughs> Once we get to the questions, uh, those are viewer questions. I got one more question for you. Um, so veterans own woodwork. Um, obviously, you were in the army. Can you expand upon that? Or so I was not in the army. I am actually actively still in. It's actually my full time job. Oh. So, uh, okay. yeah, so to give everybody a little line night, we named it Veterans Own because, um, you know, I mean, we're still developing our slogan, but it's more of a giving veterans an opportunity. Um, me cool. and my wife, we've always wanted to own a business, and we always wanted to focus on improving the veteran community. And so I feel I'm not saying we're going to be woodworking forever, but woodworking will be a very essential and big part of our lives. Um, even if we don't materialize to some of the goals we have business-wise, um, woodworking, veterans-owned woodworks will always be with us. Veterans-owned is actually going to be our brand. And so with us always wanting to get into a business, when this opportunity to get into a certain realm came up, you know, a lot of people were saying they liked my table, they wanted one, and then we ended up starting getting orders. You know, we kind of just launched from there. Cool. And so... Our big goal is actually to branch out and have multiple companies where we're actually helping veterans. Um, you know, we want to start a foundation. Um, in a sense, we want to be in the military. My wife's a veteran. She served uh, for three years before she was uh, medically discharged, unfortunately. Um, but uh, one of the things we noticed while we were in is there's a lot of hands in the cookie jar. And sometimes it could be a little chaotic, especially when soldiers and other service members are transitioning out. So that's kind of like our idea of trying to bring everybody under, not necessarily one umbrella, but ultimately a big umbrella um, to kind of help everybody out, you know. Um, nice. Eventually, I would love to, you know, grow this out and, you know, have, you know, veterans getting out and help them transition into woodworking if that's something they want to do. 
or you know get into steel working which is something you know a couple years down the line hopefully we get into um so to get back to so that's our story veteran zone that's awesome. Um, so, like I said, my wife, she uh, she was in for three years. We actually met in the Army. She's originally from Dallas, and I suckered her in to come back to Chicago. <laughs> and so uh, um, so she three, she did three years. She was uh, dis, uh, she was med boarded, medically discharged from the Army because of her hip. Um, we met in the Army. We actually were in the same job together. We're both mechanics, diesel mechanics for the Army. Nice. Um, for me, I've been in since 2012. I've been in 10 years, eight months, but no means counting. Um, and honestly, I have to give a, a big, you know, shout out to my twin sister, because a lot of people don't know there's two of us. Wow. Um, if it wasn't for her, uh, I probably wouldn't be in the military, or I would be a Marine. And I don't say that with any disrespect, but uh, I remember I remember the day, too. It was on a Sunday, and she went to the mall, and I was like, hey, let me come with you. And she went to the recruiter, and by the time of it, it was like, hey, her and I were coming in together. And so uh, I got to give a big shout-out to my twin sister. I love her very much. She's actually – she stays out in Minnesota. But, uh, yeah, there are two Sergeant Hernandezes in the Army. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. <laughs> And so, uh, but yeah, That's so I awesome. do that full time. I'm a, I'm, I'm in a special program for the reserves. Um, so I'm in the reserves, but I'm a full-time staff member. So I'm there Monday through Friday when the soldiers come in the one week a month, I'm there. And then there are two weeks in the summer. You know, I basically, I'm either there or I help plan mostly everything they're going to do. And so uh, my title at my unit, I'm the, uh, um, I'm not the lead because there's technically someone over above me, but they're part-time. But uh, I'm basically the full-time maintenance and seal. So I mean, being a diesel mechanic, cool. I maintain our fleet. Um, but not only that, I also maintain our weapons, our communications. I am in a chemical battalion, so I am managing chemical uh, units as well as well as equipment. And then we also have medics. So it's probably the interesting unit. First time ever dealing with medical equipment. Okay, that is. I'm sorry. That's really bizarre because I'm in a chemical battalion, also, dude. <laughs> Out of Fort Lewis. <laughs> okay. So that is uh, bizarre. You never ever hear anybody else that's in a chemical battalion because there's very few. Wait, are you in the reserves of active duty? Uh, I'm active duty. Okay. All right. I was going to no. say, if you're in reserves, you probably have the same patch on. But yeah. That's funny, man. All right, Katrina, I'll turn it over to you. Uh, let me see. Unfortunately, and it's funny because I was gonna, I was gonna start off with that. Um, no, we are not. Um, unfortunately, with my military schedule, it conflicts with the uh, work trench cotton, so we're we're not gonna be making it this year, uh, along with other personal things. But the goal is to go next year. Well, always consider <laughs> Maker Camp. That's in October as well. So the, the, the thing with me is I, the way the Army schedule works, and he knows, it's September, it's October to September. So I don't know anything until the um, end of September. So when we get our schedule, I may be able to make, well, me and Haley will may be able to make it out to September. Yeah, yeah, yeah. working on uh, the fiscal year Fine. timeline sucks. It does. <laughs> it really does. And so, Thank yeah. you, guys. Thanks, man. Service. Appreciate you and your wife's service. That's freaking awesome, dude. Yeah. I didn't even know you're a veteran. Thank you for your service. 
Yeah, I don't talk about it much. I try to keep that in the woodworking uh, separate. But I, when you said chemical battalion, dude, I was like, holy cow, this is awesome. I got to say something. Because <laughs> yeah. nobody's ever in a chemical battalion, dude. Yeah, I, I love, a lot of people were telling me that uh, you shouldn't go to a, a chemical battalion. And it's funny, I tried to go into an engineer unit that's down here. There's a, And I really wanted to go there because they had a maintenance company full of maintenance people. And I was like, hey, let me go there. And then, you know, my career manager was like, no. If you want to go to Chicago, you know, you're going to be stuck with this unit. If not, I'll send you to St. Louis with JT. <laughs> so <I'm, laughs> That's awesome. This dude. close from going to St. Louis. <laughs> oh, God. That's super cool. Yeah. I mean, we have the better baseball teams. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Southside, baby. Southside. <laughs> so That's awesome, And I have guys. a common enemy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. We only kind of just touched on your CNC work. Um, did, did you sort of go to YouTube University to figure that out? Or did you have a little bit of experience in CAD and cutting paths from your work? Or or how did how did that come to be other than having a magical set of robot hands that helps you with, with your woodwork? Um, <laughs> work helped a little bit. Um, but not really. My background is retail and marketing, as well as, you know, a mechanic in the Army. Um, Haley's background, besides the military being the mechanic, is actually sociology. She's a sociology major. Um, we did go to YouTube University as well. <laughs> um, and we use Carveco Maker Plus. That's the software we use for our CNC, and they have a very good library of training videos. Um, not... Some portions of their videos are not fully explained in details, and you know, YouTube is like everybody's best friend. But it was definitely a learning curve. Like I've had that since July, and earlier this week, I just figured out how to do a 3D carve. That's and man, I want to learn. Haley is mad at me because I was up until like one o'clock in the morning just going at it, figuring out different patches, just playing with it. Have you watched Jeff? Uh, Jeff at Two yes, Design he's actually been in Wisconsin. I've talked to him on his Winfinity, and then I talked to Mike. Uh, he yeah. runs yeah. Veteran Wood Co. out in New Jersey. I've talked to him too. He's a good guy. And then there's another guy, uh, Colbrew yeah. Woodworks. I think his name is Anthony. I never got his mm -hmm. real name, but he's down in Tennessee. We all have uh, mine is Mike. We all have Winfinities, and then uh, Colbrew actually runs cool. Carve Co. as well. So I've talked to him on a couple tips. Yeah. Big community. Somebody said go Braves. Yes, it is. Only when Cooper Jones was there. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right, so what's the most recent project you've used your CNC for? You want me to be completely honest? Yeah. yeah, let's see it, dude. Uh, this was just done probably an hour and a half ago. Oh, so, dang. Yeah. So we are getting ready to do our first show of the year. Uh, we did six last year in the course of five weeks on December and maybe one in December, uh, November. But uh, here we go. Oh, sweet, dude. Yeah. So this is kind of a new design we're practicing with. Uh, my wife wanted to do something a little vulgar that's not vulgar, um, you know, because we try to keep it family friendly. But actually, our <laughs> bestseller happens to be right under it. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so it's 
That's not painted cool. yet. We finished oh. this one yesterday, so Haley will go ahead and just hand paint these. But this right here, let me give you this one. This right here is our Chicago flag, and it's inverted. A lot of people do the engraved. We do the outgraved. Uh, we prefer this design because, again, nobody's doing it. It is about an hour, an hour and 15 minute carve, and that's something we're willing to, you know, do compared to other people. But some other carbs that we actually will be bringing to the show, and you probably find you saw this one a little bit. Yeah. And so this. That's awesome. Oh, that's cool. Reminds me of <laughs> Yogi the Bear. And so, and then, uh, don't look at the coasters. Don't look at the coasters. <laughs> and then, uh, another one right here. This we're also bringing hey. on Saturday. Don't look at these coasters. Don't look at these. <laughs> and then, uh, this one was a wow. interesting one. This one That's, we actually uh, carved in. Oh, wow. And it just came out awesome. So, wow. Yeah. Dude, that is sick. So, did you paint that first and then? Uh, no. We just painted it and then just carved it. Oh. So we used to do aura mask, oh. but um, it's a hit or miss sometimes. Um, especially, in, I didn't want to do aura mask in that one because we use a 33 V bit from High Country Tools. And the issue is not the V bit, the mm -hmm. issue is actually the aura mask. The V bit's too sharp where it won't fully cut the aura mask because it's a little thick. So you'll have those frays. And it just kind of messes up. And sometimes if you have, like, really thin, intricate pieces, sometimes mm -hmm. the Ormax just rips off. So when mm -hmm. you paint over it, you're just going to get that spot. And so, yeah, so More what we did is we just painted it, it yeah. and then just carved it. And then um, cleaned it up with a chisel. Did very light sanding on top. Uh, it's mainly inside the crevices. And then just, uh, she actually has to apply the finish on that. Uh, and then the last. Last piece. That's pretty nice. Good job. Dang. Oh, wow. It's cool. Don't look at that. Oh, trick. wow. Don't look at <laughs> <laughs> oh, the drink. Dang. I think I need one of those. This is Ellensburg. That's freaking awesome, dude. Yeah, I got you. I know a guy. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Those are some great projects, man. Good job. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, but yeah, we've done, uh, so far I've done two, I've done one retirement award, and that was for a lady at my unit, she was a sorry major, 34 years of service. Nice. We did a, uh, a guide-on, for those who don't know what a guide-on is, a guide-on is kind of like the company flag. Historically speaking, it's supposed to be an indicator on the battlefield, you know, back in the old time days when they actually shot muskets, of where to identify where the unit's at. So, I found out that there was an army regulation that governs actual specifics of the guide on and i made it a one-to-one -one scale fully regulated by army doctrine that's awesome and that that's a really cool gift that is actually in our page it's kind of in the middle but yeah she was she loved it it was great if you look at it it's like a was it 20 by it's not 20 it's like 27 by 20 and it was probably an inch and a quarter thick. And when you see her, she was like five foot nothing. She's just holding, <laughs> just holding this giant wood guide on, barely able right. to stand up. That's awesome. And so, uh, yeah, she, she cried too. She's like, you made this Hernandez? I was like, yes, I did, Sergeant Major. Yes, I did. And she's like, I got a Hernandez special. I was like, yes, you do. She's like, when you hang it up there, you think about me. <laughs> That's freaking cool, man. Mm. Yeah. And so that's cool. But other than that, uh, we did uh, one going away gift. Somebody's leaving our unit, and then I actually have another unit. Um, their commander reached out to me. It's one of our down trace units. They're wanting me to do uh, 
a double-sided piece uh, for somebody oh, cool. who's transferring to another unit. And essentially, he makes me, he wants me to do his like his company coin because he's okay. the claim. He wants me to do a double-sided, and so. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right, TJ, you want to bring that up some of those questions? Yeah. Or do you have so another one? You think, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Katrina, we uh, last time we had you on, uh, we were asking the questions, and so now that you're on the the hosting <laughs> side, um, just go ahead and, and click through the list, and as you start reciting, and I'll do my best to pull it up for you. Um, <laughs> okay. This is a good one. Uh, this is a uh, snowball uh, softball from Kyle here, which is. Uh, what is your go-to poker game? Uh, standard No Limit Hold'em. No need to okay. get fun with it. Just I don't play PLO. I like mixed games. I want to get into them, but I'd rather just stick and master one game at a time, which is actually a tip from poker. If you have 10 tasks, focus on one and then complete the one instead of trying to focus on all 10 of them. Oh, man, I like that's it. awesome. All right, dude. So uh, Fawcett Woodcraft says thank you for your service can you please make me a han solo frozen and carbonite poker table thank you <laughs> can you make me han solo frozen and carbonite? Huh, that's interesting now that would be a lot of work <laughs> yes it would be like no so the first obstacle would obviously be the trademarking um but the second part is if i i may know a guy who may be able to print me something, but it would be a quick fix as in just to basically do the felt that color. And then I'd probably play around with the legs, you know, maybe get the TJ to do me a lathe of a laser beam or a lightsaber. Oh, look at that. So, but it would definitely be one of those uh, tables. It's four layered and basically it's a raised um, rail and then there would obviously have to be lights under it, so. Yeah. Oh. Nice. Very cool. Well, that could be part of the Maker Collab. Just saying. So <laughs> I mean, TJ's like four hours away from me. I'll do it. There you go. Yeah, oh, no, yes. if you travel 100 miles an hour, you're here in like <laughs> three and some change. <laughs> so who is your favorite Chicago maker? That uh, is coming from Kyle. I don't know many, honestly. Um, let's see. So... Patsy's by me. Luke in the garage is by me. I just met another guy. Huh? Luke is my dude. Yeah. I Luke talked is to my Luke too. Dude. Him and Patsy. Um, let's see. Pink Studios. Yeah. I forget her name. Elma. I don't think. Is she from Elma. Chicago? Elma. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, They're like. Dang. So, and then I met this other guy. His name is Drew. He's actually doing the event with me on Saturday. Not with me, but along with me. Um, I don't know. I'd probably have to say Luke because he's just goofy. Like some of his <laughs> reels are just like, bro, I just want to go to your garage just to smack you, but do the reel with you. That's awesome. I, he's I super cool. Yeah. So you, Stu lives there too. He's yellow mug. I he lives by Elma and Luke, I think of, as well. Oh, uh, yeah. Yellow mug. Yeah. Very cool. All right, All right cool kids. Uh, let's see here. Allison Carroll wants to know, do you sell your board butter on your website? Yes, I do. And just like everybody else, if you go to the bio, click the link, and our website is right there. That's the plug we want to hear, bud. Very cool. 
All right, Bernie, what you got? All right, Kyle <laughs> wants to know, how many poker tables have you sold to date, and what have you improved upon your design since the first one? <laughs> I was actually talking to Haley about this the other day. Nice. So we have sold nine. So our business started last year in March. That's when we got order number one. Um, in total, we have built 10, because obviously my table your, started. Your table, yeah. Right, the, the one that started it all. Uh, but yes, we had sold nine as of the last table we sold in January. Um, that is nine total. It actually accounted for 75% of our revenue last year. Wow. Which is why we went into home decor. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so things that I've learned. Um, upholstery. And I'm going to, I told my wife, I wasn't going to put these up. Because <laughs> we were cleaning the garage a little bit. And Field trip. And she saw it. She's like, why don't you just put those up? I was like, no, I got to show this on the show because so I can tell people how much we've grown in one year. Because March 1st will actually be our one year. That's month. awesome. That's awesome, so, dude. So, upholstery. We started with this guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then we moved up to this yeah. guy. Oh, man. <laughs> so, when we got an order for six tables, we were probably oh. too into it, and my wife said, no, we're going to electronics. <laughs> there you go. Semi-o. <laughs> so, so, uh, honestly, the, the thing we probably most improved of was the upholstery. Um, the first way we did it, you know, um, you know, we had, like, foam hanging over and then upholstering it over. Um, later down the line, when we got into that, set of six poker tables we thought it was better just to trim it off and then pull the upholstery on there i learned from that one too because they've already ripped three of the six tables and so i do repairs on them too for a price and we're in the works of working that shortly so for the tables following that the biggest thing was rounding over the edges on the on the plywood so that was all right so i'm uh not grabbing this one out of the pile, but uh, right before Christmas, we had a brief discussion, and I just kind of want you to glance over this also for the other people who are into gaming tables. There's like two or three different types of tabletop felt out there that people can choose from, right? There's like speed felt and yes. and, and, and speed wool. and So it's there's two types. But the second time comes in two times. So there's speed felt. It's a uh, not a. It's a polyester mix. It's uh, it's very slick. A lot of people like this speed felt because you can slide the cards towards everybody. Um, and then you get into suede. Um, it used to be made out of wool, but because we live in modern times and you know people want stuff to be cheaper and wool is actually very expensive, especially nowadays. Uh, you make it out of suede. Um, suede is closer resembled to the material they use in the casino. Uh, suede is available in two options. You can either get a single layer or a double layered. Double layered is obviously known as the heavy duty, and which is the one all my clients usually prefer if they're not getting speed felt. Wow. So, I, again, that's very good, that's, material. That's good to know. Mind blown. Yeah, it's like drinking from a fire hose. <laughs> yeah, how, how fast you're dropping knowledge on us, man. It's fantastic. Oh, man, I've learned so much. And it's funny because I'm about to show you guys some material. 
Yeah, so, I had no idea that there was so much to go into. There's actually a poker different types of phone too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Salute. So, like I said, you can use Thank for the you. felt for the plain area. You use a quarter inch material. Um, the cheaper option is you would get like a very squishy quarter inch material, which is referred to like an open cell. Basically, you drop a beer on it, you got to replace the whole foam. Or you spend an extra extra money, and on this foam, and it's a closed cell foam. Basically, you can drop a drink on it and just wipe it away. Okay. So, and then the other thing too, again, the open cell, closed cell. So this is a closed cell foam. This is the one inch that we would use on the uh, rail. This has a rating of like 70 pounds per cubic inch. So for every cubic inch there is, it can hold up to 70 pounds. It's actually very sturdy. Um, before, like two or three tables ago, I was using an open cell foam because a lot of people like the comfort. But one of the things I learned from the six table order, because that's a charity poker organization out here in Chicago because poker houses are illegal. The loophole is charity poker. So they run their games every weekend, mainly Friday through Sunday at different um, areas, hosting different charities. And um, one of the biggest things they told me is that the foam went soft. And so I was like, hey, let me spend an extra 20, 40 bucks on this foam and then I'll be able to accommodate for that. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. That's All right, cool. Bernie, you want to grab one out of the pile or? Yeah, I'll grab another one. Um, all right. Another one from Kyle. Um, what makes your poker tables different from other poker tables you can buy out there? So well, besides the fact that they have latches on the bottom, um, ain't nobody really doing that. Um, a lot of the people that are, um, there, a lot of my competitors, you know, Gorilla, IBS, um, what's another one? There's another company that's my competitor. So one of my competitors just straight buy their stuff off China. You know, they get it from Alibaba. And I know this because I found the exact tables. So like that company, there's no level of, of, of uh, customability. Um, the other two organizations that are really my competitors are just overpriced. Um, but I understand why. For the level of customability, you know, also they have to pay for shipping. So for right now, I only do local um, yeah. orders. Um, eventually, I would like to get into more nationwide orders. But, I mean, if I got to drive to drop off a table in St. Louis or Ohio, I'm willing to do that. But they're obviously going to have to pay me to d deliver it. But, honestly, I would say um, I can truly say that all my stuff is done here in the United States. Um, a lot of my competitors can't say that. Um, I do yep. buy material that is eventually purchased from China, but I try to keep it as whole as possible. Um, I mean, I just try to keep it innovative. I'm open. I'm, I would say the biggest, the reason, the way I won the bid for the six tables compared to one of my major competitors was the ab ability to customize it fully and then still keep at a competitive price. Yeah. Nice. That's okay. awesome, dude. There you go. All right, I'll give it back to you for another question. My ultimate goal is to get a yeah. 5x10 CNC machine to have the CNC route out the uh, the plywood instead of doing it by by hand. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so Kyle asked, 
What is a chemical battalion <laughs> a mean? Chemical battalion. So chemical is the category that we deal with. So my unit focuses on chemical. A battalion, think about it as like a district manager. So each store is a company. Obviously, you have your company commander, which is store manager. But you have a battalion level is basically like a unit managing all of the other companies. Yeah. So I have a battalion commander, but I also have my own my own commander because I'm part of the headquarters section. And so. Very cool. Ooh, ooh, these some some juicy ones left in here. Um, Mr. Fawcett wants to know uh, where do you see your business in five years, ten years? That's a really cool question. I wish I didn't get this question. So <laughs> it all depends. Honestly, it's it's. Uh, I have a couple different avenues that Haley and I would like to approach. And it, it really all depends on um, the military. You know, if, my, if I get deployed, you know, we want to have started kids soon. Um, I had a three to four year goal to try to make as much money as I do now in the army and try to make it here as doing woodworking full time. Cause you know, she, I don't like to say she doesn't work She's not employed anywhere else, but she runs the business full time when I'm not home. And so with having that support from my wife and her being into this just as much as I do, because she plays with the CNC and I get mad at her, but I understand why she's playing with my CNC, <laughs> right? Um, Fair. But we want to at least, oh just yeah, trust me, a lot of people are jealous. They're like, bro, your wife helps you? I was like, yeah, she runs the books and the CNC. They're like, mine, mine doesn't even look at me when I'm in the garage. I'm like, it seems like a you problem. I, my husband's not allowed in the shop. But it's like, go um, away. So we have a goal, three or four year goal. You know, we want to start, uh, potentially start having kids, you know, either next year or the following year. Because we're 28, uh, we'll be 29 this year. We're not getting any younger. Um, again, it depends with the military. Um, I'll be at a point where I'll be at 10 years of active federal service. And usually that would be my half time you know, that'll be my halftime show. And it's like, do I want to continue on or do I want to call it? Um, and that will be up in 2026. So that's, I have, until 2026, I have, me and Haley have a lot of work to do to meet our goal, to see if we can do this full time and make the same kind of money that I make now. Uh, if not, I'll probably just do a couple more years. I'll probably do 20 ball while doing this full time as well. She'll probably be more intricate uh, depending on her, her situation. So in the next five years, if everything goes out right the way I want to, we'll probably be in a commercial shop. We'll live either here or in Texas, um, here in Chicago, for those who didn't remember, um, or in Texas, because those are obviously, she's from Dallas, I'm from Chicago, we really want to be by family, especially if we're going to have kids in the near future. And my mom's probably like crying, like she wants kids now. Because um, <laughs> I see her comment, and I'm just like, mm, I wish you weren't out here right now. Um, <laughs> But yeah, and then in the next 10 years, um, in the next 10 years, I see us, you know, having employees, branching out to different businesses, hopefully getting to steelworking, having a foundation, hopefully, or looking into potentially starting a foundation a couple of years from then, you know, really networking, getting big. There's a guy in North Carolina, I forget his name, it starts with a D, Dulita. He makes those wooden um, banks wooden piggy banks but they're in letters and he uses acrylic i forget his name essentially i want to get as big as him you know he has yeah he has like a 30 his ads 
if 30 square foot facility and he's branching it out more. He has like four industrial CNC's just yep. popping these dudes out. I want to get there. I want to have employees. You know, um, John Malecki, you know, just like him. I wouldn't say necessarily get on YouTube a little bit, but probably have a little bit bigger presence on social media. That's awesome, dude. I love hearing that. That's great. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. All right. But I was actually going to throw it over to you and Katrina. The time is now 10.57. Uh, let you guys get in some, some final thoughts, and then uh, we'll let – yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, no shortage of opportunities to talk when you're on camp for sure, but um, – <laughs> We'll, uh, we'll we'll get some motivational phrases out of Chris, but you guys have anything else that you want to share, Bernie and Katrina? No, I, this is great, man. I love having you on here, Chris. It's uh, great hearing your story and uh, what you want to do and move forward with in the future. It's uh awesome vision, and I can't see where it takes you, dude. Well, I appreciate it. Katrina? Uh, I agree, and welcome yeah. to the yeah. I can honestly say... Uh, the maker community, the woodworker community, and you probably, you too, um, you probably know it. It's probably really closely related to the camaraderie military yep. uh, service members have. And I mean, I, I tell people there ain't nothing new. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, some people reinventing the wheel. And it's very interesting how some of these people reinvent the wheel. You know, Sam up in Canada scrolling, I, I was like, what is a scroller? And then when I got into CNCing, I was like, what is a CNC? And then, TJ, you are my favorite lathe. I don't know what to call it. You are my favorite turner. And so <laughs> the other day when you were turning a bow, I swear I was sitting there with my wife. I'm like, I need to buy you a lathe so you can just <laughs> lose your mind and just make us bowls and trays. And she was like, I'm actually into it. That's so awesome i'm telling it's the most fun you can have in a workshop with your pants on it's also the biggest <laughs> mess you can make in a workshop so she wouldn't That's... have pants on she would just have an apron over <laughs> makes sense um all, all all of the gear all of the time for sure um all right but so 10 yeah. um normally when i host I, I have our guests sort of reach out to the audience and uh give us some motivation, a piece of advice, something that's going to get us away from our phones, into our workshops, holding our tools, and uh, making that money or finishing that project. What do you have for us? So I'm going to give you the same advice um, that I gave that was when I first got on Bad Shop Advice. Don't be afraid to go out and get it. Go get the customers and clients that you want. Um, early in, the, in, the, in, the, in your business, you're going to be tempted to say yes to everybody. But I can tell you, we've been open for a year as of March 1st, and I have turned down people for certain projects. If your business is not going the way you want it, it's obviously because there's something wrong. Um, and that's the part you have to figure out. And I'm going to tell you now, it's probably, I would start with your client base. You know, if you're not getting good reviews, um, if you're making stuff that you don't essentially want to make, and if your stuff is not selling, the biggest thing is you got to go find the clients and customers that you want. Um, it's not easy. If, if, if woodworking was easy, everybody would be a woodworker. But like my wife did to me, she challenged me and I accepted that challenge. And that's the challenge I want everybody to accept. If something's difficult for you and your business, you accept that chance to try to figure out. And I want to emphasize clients and customers here because obviously 
you know, a lot of people are like, I don't know why my stuff is, is you know, is not selling. There's two things. It's going to be the clients or it's going to be the quality of your work. You know, if you're making cheap stuff, you're going to get a cheap response. If you're making high-end stuff, you got to go get those high-end clients to get that high-end result. Yep. Thank you. That is so awesome. Well, thank you so much for spending an hour with us this evening. I know it's it's later for us here in the Midwest than it is for you <laughs> Northwestern's uh, Oregon folk. But, uh, yeah, this was Washington. this was an awesome show. Washington. Washington. Washington, Oregon. Washington. Who are you people? Ooh, Where's Washington. my horse? <laughs> yeah, I mean, 100%. You, guys, you guys have mountains. We have valleys, floods, and crystal meth. So get we jealous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So we will see all of you that tuned in tonight. Same bad time, same bad channel next week. Uh, Chris, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I'm going to sprinkle you with shavings. <laughs> Get out there, make sawdust, and we'll see you soon. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Have a good night, everybody. I'll see you guys.